Regional banks are done, canceled, over. PacWest is down another 50% today. That is 90% since March after a rumor last night that they were considering selling themselves and an overnight statement from PacWest that they have been approached by several potential partners and investors and are evaluating all options to maximize shareholder value. That is not what investors want to hear. Another regional bank, First Horizon, dropped 37% today last night. They, they said that their acquisition by TD Bank was no longer on the table. TD wasn't sure when and if they'd be able to get regulatory approval for that deal, which would have made the Canadian-based TD Bank the sixth largest bank in the U.S. All of these regional banks are down this morning. Shares of Western Alliance Bank Corp down 45%. That's 74% since March. Comerica, 57% since March. Zion's Bank Corp, 57%. Meanwhile, the big banks keep getting bigger. J.P. Morgan, uh, took over First Republic on Monday, and while banks are failing, the U.S. government is also running out of money. Literally, the current debt ceiling won't let the government issue new debt. It's like a government bank run, and when it's gone, they won't have enough money to pay the bills, like interest, military salary, payments to bondholders, that sort of thing. Today on Dumb Money, what does it all mean to you? And our take on how we can all survive an imploding financial system. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Chris Jordan, uh, we've said it before, no bank can survive a bank run. Of course, all of this uh, around the the Silicon Valley bank collapse started it all. We know that uh, Signature Bank collapsed too. No regional bank is safe. But could this be a perfect storm? Bank failures and the government's own bank running on empty. Yeah. Listen, banks are a confidence game. We never really saw them like that, but they've always been a confidence game. This just happens to be the first time in a long time when people started running out of confidence. Yeah, um, they, they've been okay, put to guys, the test, you know, and that's really why the FDIC even exists. But they put this $250,000 cap, which sounded like a lot probably when they put it in place. But now it, it seems like the simple fix would be just raise it, right? Okay, date. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't Hold know, on. right? Because so there's two things going on. One is the confidence game, and that you know, basically, most businesses can't operate with you know that little capital, right? And so businesses, for sure, need to be able to have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the working capital. But the other issue is that this highlighted the fact that you're not getting paid to keep money in a bank. So you might as well, if you're just if you want to have some sort of liquid cash or something like that, open a money market fund. And so I think a lot of people are doing that um, because those don't have the same downside risk that you have in a checking fund, but you get the interest rate upside, especially right now with rates on those funds at 4 to 5%. Banks cannot survive any bad news right now. The second yeah. one piece of bad news comes out, the bank run starts, and once it starts, it does not stop. Why would it stop? Why would anybody risk over a quarter million dollars in any bank account right now? There's not a single bank in the world that I'm aware of that would survive a bank run once it starts. And what we've seen is that once one regional bank goes down, the next weakest bank goes down. And there is no stopping it without the government simply coming out and saying that we're going to enforce a system-wide deposit guarantee. It's that simple. But here's the worst part. They are guaranteeing the deposits, but they're only guaranteeing them after the bank goes down. So the government is still spending all the money 
to guarantee the deposits. They're just not saying it. So bank after well, bank they, is going down. Yeah, I mean, out. I do. no reason. It's a yeah, lose until they don't. They do until they don't. We saw this in 08. They backstopped the first, you know, few financial crises. And then as the crises expand, that they stop backstopping. So I, you know, I, I, I don't agree okay. with no, that. No, 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 that, that was different, George. That was not backs. That was backs, backstopping well, investors. But it was part of the same type of problem. So are you, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you believe that there is any point in the next year or two that the government will allow a regional bank to go down and just say, no, we're not backstopping any of those deposits. And we actually have grandmas losing money at a U.S. bank. Grandmas yeah, don't lose yeah. money. Most grandmas don't have more than a quarter million dollars. Some do. Oh, but by now, yeah, they might, right? So I don't disagree with that. But by now, you've had, what, you know, several months to prepare for this. And at a certain point, you're like, hey, you should know better. We've It's been blasted on all every newspaper, every single news program, that you shouldn't have more than $250,000 in a single bank. And so you should be either diversifying it across banks or putting some money into money market funds where you actually get some sort of return. And at some point, I think the government just says, you know, no. I mean, you know, but the, the first- Jordan, don't, you think, don't you think people should know better not to fall for Nigerian phishing scams on the internet? And here we are losing hundreds of millions of dollars a year to those too. I, 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 the question is, do you believe that the government would actually allow in the next few years, any regional bank to fail and not back up depositors. I don't believe yeah, they would. Well, do that. The FDIC limit, yes, hundred percent. I think I think that should happen. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I just don't believe it will happen. So if they're not going to, if they're going to continue to backstop depositors every time this happens, why not just say they're going to do that and it won't happen? It just. It's crazy, Dave. Right? I mean, they it's need to have this. So, I mean, but that's a whole policy change. You'd have to the. It's politics. It's either yeah. It's all. It's all comes down to politics. It and it would be a major polit political thing for them to. I and I don't even know who would say it. Would it be? Would it be the Treasury? Would it be the FDIC? Would it be uh, the Fed? Who's going to be the one who says? If any of those people just said, "Don't worry about it. We've got you covered." I don't think that we would have any issue with the bank runs continuing. And I think that these small You're regional right. banks would just be like, oh, it's totally safe again because someone magically said it's going to be safe. <laughs> this, this is all happening for absolutely no reason. There's literally not a single one of these banks needs to go down. And every time they go down, we're having new people on. Hey, maybe it's for the best. Maybe we don't need all these regional banks. I don't know. But what? <laughs> The, I don't the know, bottom line, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's so better to have regional banks or if it's, Jay, yeah, the, Jay, the Jay, argument Jay, for regional Jay. banks isn't the argument for regional banks that they provide lending in local yeah. markets the way that big banks wouldn't. That seems like a very outdated thing, right? Because I'm pretty sure that my local J.P. Morgan branch can do local lending for my local restaurant, right? But all that's happening out of this is J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup. They're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're essentially becoming a pseudo national bank. Like, and by the way, try doing business with with one of those banks as a small or medium sized business. It's literally impossible. It's insane. Well, that right there is the argument for having a, a regional bank, right? That is the only argument I can see. Is if it is 
too difficult for a small mom and pop business to bank with a mega bank and you have this local branch in your community of a much smaller regional bank is is that it that's 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 who needs these i'm i'm conflicted because i love the concept of regional banks because we desperately need them to actually engage with business owners on the other hand i'm so sick of them taking over every single corner spot in my neighborhood they don't need to have 8000 branches in like a 10 mile radius. So maybe Remember when every corner had a gas that. station, now every corner is a bank. It, that is that has been going on for probably 20 years. But in our neighborhood, if you drive down any of the major streets, you'll you'll see seven banks within a 2 minute drive. My favorite Wells Fargo closed down in Snyder Plaza and within 3 months they opened up a regional bank. It's it's just mm-hmm. like come on. That's probably not going to happen for a while, right? Because of this. That thing, so that's the thing, thing. Was it old gas station? Wasn't it? It yeah. was like yeah, old, old like. We try the second closed it closed down. Hey, story. The second it closed down, I contacted the New York owner of that building and got a. I think it was like a four month option. We were going to open up a restaurant there, but we couldn't figure out the parking yeah. ratio, so we lost it. <laughs> but, um. So here's the thing. This will uh, give me a scenario where this ends without the government saying that they're going to enact a systematic deposit guarantee, which is what they should have done months ago. Is there a scenario, Jordan, where they don't do that and this doesn't continue to collapse bank after bank after bank? Yeah, like, rates go down. So if rates, if uh, if long term um, rates go down, then yeah, I mean at that point. You don't have these problems with the hold of maturity assets, um, and the banks are liquid, right? So I okay. Yeah, I mean, look. So the, this is this is a problem of interest rates. Fair the rates at the fastest in history, and you're going to break things, and so they broke things. But but the rates cannot possibly go down that quick, that hard to fix this problem in the next six to nine months, right? They certainly no can. I mean, look, so you get an emergency Fed come out and uh, and say, oh, we're breaking too much stuff, and they cut to zero. All of a sudden, they're not going to cut to zero. Through the morning. Come on. Come on. The only way it's, that happens. It's such a delicate balance. They are like, they're so focused on inflation that there's no way they're going to touch interest rates. Although, to see mass layoffs. We might finally see a pause in interest rates. They break things a little bit too hard. You get like, Let's say you get like five of these regional banks go under in a single weekend and like you start to see mass panic. Yeah. Haven't we already basically seen that? We've seen mass panic. No, We've seen no, 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 no. You haven't seen mass panic yet. People are still I mean the S and P's over four K, like it, I mean, there's no panic yet. There's no you've seen okay. panic. Yeah. There's, I've seen there people panicking there, at no. the disco. I've seen people panicking at the bank teller line trying to get all their money out of these regional banks. Even the grandma with with less than 250k is like oh I, I don't I don't I can't pay my uh rent if I don't have cash and if no. I have to deal with uh writing a letter to the FDIC and asking for my money back that can at take like months. micro scale that's panic that's local panic you see nationwide fears pop up then yeah I think you see the the fed cut you're listening to the dumb money live podcast so, guys, I sent you an article earlier. I don't know if you read it, but there is a scenario where I could see them dropping rates to zero. 
So this report that the Council of Economic Advisors, which I believe that is basically just the White House. It's a political organization, right? Like in the White House. But they they have this scenario where the debt default, let's get into that, where where if the debt default is prolonged, like if it gets prolonged and we actually go on like weeks and weeks after the deadline and we have massive government layoffs because of it, they're, 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 they're claiming, and I think it's a fear tactic, that the market, the, the White House came out and said that the market will fall 45%, 45%, okay? So in that scenario, yes, I could see them trying. So I don't know about that. I don't know about that, right? Because so you're just... It's fear-mongering. I think it is fear-mongering, right? Because yeah. the government wants to keep the government huge, but the government's only 6% of GDP, right? And so does that equate to nearly 50% drop in the stock market to lose out on 6% of GDP. By the way, probably the most unproductive 6% of GDP that we have, I think it'd be good if the government shrank, but that's that's another video. So I, I do not have any regional, I did have that one MTB, I had that one regional bank that we covered on our show. I'm out of that now. Like I, yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any banks here. I even sold my Schwab uh, and I even sold JP Morgan, not for any reason other than I needed to cash for other investments I'm in. But at some point, this problem will result. It's either going to resolve, yes, from interest rates coming down or just over time as these bonds, these longer or midterm dated bonds come due and they're able to flip out into higher interest rate bonds, the problem will resolve or the, the government comes out and essentially says that there's a systematic deposit guarantee. When that day happens, when it happens, I am going so hard into a couple of the regional banks that are left standing, if there are any, and also Schwab, and also Charles Schwab, okay? I I cannot wait to get back into some of those, but I'm I'm going to wait until the end. There's no reason to play around now, right? Like, can you see any reason to be in these today? I don't see. No, I mean, we've seen, and and it's crazy. We've seen these stocks that were down seventy five percent drop another fifty percent overnight. So there's no reason to to catch a falling knife. Is that is that the weird stock market term? (laughs) Yeah, there's no reason for that. You can can cruise into yeah. I mean, so the things you want to look for then would be. You know, like the regional banks, you can buy insurance companies and things like that that are also getting smoked by this. Um, there's a lot of places to go. Would you say, Jordan, that is going to be the most obvious? I mean, that's a trade that you have to be on like that. Like the second it resolves, yeah, that is the, the only issue with trying to jump into like regional banks is that is do we have potential legislation coming out that's going to make the banking sector become less profitable, right? Um, because of whatever, whatever regulation comes out of this, right? So you get a bunch of, you know. Okay. So let's just say theoretically, Jordan, there is a systematic backstop, a guarantee, but that's that's not um, free, right? So the banks are going to have to pay for that backstop, right? That's part of what actually you're thinking is if they spread it out. And so they're going to have to spread out, you know, these, uh, you know, these uh, loss provisions and all these things to all the banks. So it's going to become even less profitable to run a bank. Okay, agreed. Uh, then they bring back banking fees. What's that? 
Remember when you used to have to pay banking fees? That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the answer. Instead of making money off of your money, they're going to have to make money off of fees. Technically, when you are paying a fee to the bank, um, even if you have zero fee on your checking account, your fee is the, your opportunity cost on, you know, putting into a... Uh, yes. Do these banks pay the, no interest, Dave? It's, exactly. It's and you, all, you the, all the major banks are still paying 0.0%, right? It's just, so in it's a just way, the small Apple, banks that are... Apple was part of what I think drove the problem this last week. Apple and their widely publicized 4.35% rate at some point... One billion dollars of deposits into Apple's savings account product in just the first week. But here's what I think is happening. Uh, yes, some money is going into Apple. There is so much media around, yes, Apple's 4.3% rate that everybody now knows that you can get 4 to 4.5% on your money. So everyone's like, wait a second, how much money do I have at Wells Fargo? Well, yeah, that was the point that I was making earlier. It's not just bank runs from fear. It's that you have a bunch of people that were woken up because of this crisis. They're like, hey, wait a minute. I'm, I've got like 50K in the checking account. I'm not worried about it going away. I'm worried that I'm not getting any interest on that. Yeah, it, it, it's not good for banks in general because they have been really fortunate for a long time to get away with paying people nothing on their money. And people are just like, oh, that's just kind of what it is, right? It's what it is. Um, yeah, that party's kind of over, so it should be interesting to see how that plays out. However, well, unless, like I said, unless the, unless the Fed cuts rates back down to zero and then there's not as big of an incentive to rush out into money markets, right? But it's going to be, when, when do you see rates getting back to zero or um, near zero? Think, One year, think, five I think, years? I think it's when they break enough things that, uh, then they freak out and have to, and have to overreact. That's the problem with the Fed is that they... They push things into the wrong direction too far, and then they've got a course correct, which they overcorrect, right? So we saw them overcorrect out of the COVID crisis by just piling money into the economy, creating all of this inflation, right? And so now they're course correcting by going too far with interest rates and breaking regional banks. And so then they'll have to course correct eventually again. That's the whole problem with our financial system. Where are my Bitcoin bros at? There, I'm not getting any comments from Bitcoin bros who say, that's the problem with having a Fed that can just like artificially manipulate things. And that's the problem with the fractional reserve banking system that lets you leverage out and make money out of thin air. I mean, that's the problem. Speaking of so making money out of thin air is what makes the economy go around. So it's the credit theory of money. And that's how the economy works, right? And there's no one better at lending than these regional banks that are happy to create funny money well, out of thin air to let you buy a house or start a business, and they collect all those fees and interest. Yeah. Okay, speaking of Bitcoin bros, is there a more genius marketing move that was made this year than this guy, Balaji, who basically lost lost a million dollar bet because he said that Bitcoin was essentially going to go to a million dollars, which he, he knew it wasn't going to go to him. It was a publicity stunt to basically get attention for either good or selfish reasons. It doesn't even matter. It was genius. It worked. He spent a million dollars. He knew he was going to spend a million dollars. He ended the bet a month early. He had 90 days. He just ended it a month early, paid out the million dollars, 
He now has way more followers, way more attention. He's all of a sudden a, you know, an even bigger, uh, I guess, voice in that world than he was three months ago. Beautiful million dollar marketing campaign to this guy, right? The fact that so many people actually thought that he thought that Bitcoin was going to go to a million dollars in 90 days is just so stupid. Like I can't like, but he knew that people would think that, right? And it was going to get attention. And like, I just, I love it from a marketing standpoint. I love it. I don't know, guys. I, I, I don't want to talk too much about crypto. I think we get crypto uh, hate on this show when we do, but I think it's, it's just. But you can't, you can't deny that Bitcoin is up seventy five percent year to date, and every regional bank is essentially out of business. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it is. Uh, yeah. Well, well, let me ask you guys one more question. What do you think about this debt, uh, limit thing? Like, do, how do you think it's going to play out? Like I, oh, I've been trying to game this thing and I just can't personally figure it out. Like, I, I don't think it's going to go into a, like this prolonged four to eight week government shutdown but i do think it could go into like a, a multi-day to maybe one week shutdown and if it does i think that's actually probably the most likely scenario the next most likely is that they figure it out right at the deadline isn't so, that what they what always happened? do don't they always just happen to solve it just at the last minute no they've shut down before the problem with the shutdown though is that they don't actually save any money right so they send everybody home Right. And so then the, those people are like furloughed and aren't getting paid, but then they always pass a bill to like then pay, ba do back pay for all these government employees. So it ends up just costing even more money. It's just, yeah, they're, they're just pausing the payments. So here's the deal, guys. I think we have to all be realistic. And as investors and followers of this channel, we have to understand that there is some short term tail risk with this with this debt limit and it's yeah. going to last a few weeks. So this is not a great time to be levered. Uh, it's a time to be careful. There is a, a possibility that we can get extreme market volatility over the next few weeks uh, going into this debt limit deadline on yeah. June 1st. I am just taking a close look at my account and I want to make sure I'm properly hedged. I'm not over leveraged. This is a kind of a time to chill out for a few weeks and not do anything drastic. Um, I don't think it's going to be a catastrophe. I think they're going to figure it out. And you're right, Jordan. Even if they shut it down for a week, week and a half, they end up paying everybody after that. I, do, I also do think that they're comfortable shutting it down for like a few days to one plus weeks because of what's happened in the past. And that's why I think it is likely to happen again. And yeah, I that's the think problem. So, like, these people just use just use this stuff for political leverage. Yeah, I don't even get it. Like, all... Don't both sides want the debt ceiling to be raised? No, no Dave, Dave. They, the Republicans it, no, 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 just no, no, want no. to have some promised cuts in spending if we allow it to be yeah. raised. And the Democrats are like, yes. well, we need to raise it so we can spend more. Right. Like, that's... both sides want it to be raised. It's just they don't agree on how to spend the money. And this debt they ceiling exactly is, a way, is an artificial way to limit purchasing power of the government. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast.
Dave, it's leverage. Dave, it's just it's a, it's a leverage tactical move. Uh, the GOP raised it what three times uh, during the last administration when they had the ability to do so, and and they were in the White House. So like, it, it's just a tactical move, which is why I think it will it will play out. It will get resolved. Don't freak out too much, but don't be over levered for the next few weeks. Um, by the way, LM, no, I'm not in Crocs anymore. Uh, I was barely in Crocs during that earnings call, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I know that was random, but I just, I saw the question. Uh, guys, so are you doing anything the next few weeks with your accounts, uh, because of this situation with either the deteriorating banking situation that I think is likely more likely than not to get worse. Right. Um, and then we have this perfect storm of a debt ceiling issue. Guys, it could get really rough the next few weeks. Or if we can resolve these two issues, which I do believe there's a pretty decent chance that there will be some resolution over the next few weeks to couple months, don't you think that that is going to potentially set the market on fire in a positive way? So we need to be prepared when that happens. I'm always prepared for the stock market to be on fire. I mean, that's what no one's thinking of. Like, yes, we we are down and out. It's very dark right now. It's very scary. We have these insane headlines every single day. But when we get over that, and we know we will get over that, I think there's a huge opportunity. I think I actually might take off my hedge for the first time in almost, what, nine months? Eight, nine months? Yeah. Uh, I'm preparing to fully take off my hedge, or at least the majority of my hedge, hopefully in the next couple months, if both of these issues resolve themselves. Um, so that's, I'm excited about that because my hedge is really expensive. For those of y'all that are not aware, I'm hedging a good part of my portfolio with just SPY and QQQ uh, short position. But the cost to borrow money right now to put that hedge on is insane. Like it's not what it used to be, two and a half percent, three percent. I think I'm probably paying seven, seven and a half percent. I don't know. I haven't even checked. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. But it's kind of, right? Because also you get the dollars from that short position and that earns money. Well, I don't get the it's dollars. Offset market, bit, not right? I don't think it offsets hundred percent. I think it offsets someone. But not the market's not falling. I could loot. I could just break even on my short position. Then I still have to pay the interest to borrow the money to put the short position on. So I'm kind of getting screwed, and I, I'm sick of it. Like I want to take that short off. I just, like I said, I I saw way too much tail risk in the market right now, and this is the type of thing that I want to talk about on this show because yeah. people that are having a hard time sleeping at night because of all these things happening. You know there's a lot of volatility the next few weeks. You know there's a lot of tail risks the next few weeks. But you have stocks that you have long-term gains on, like me and Amazon, that you don't want to sell because you don't want to take the tax hit because the tax hit will destroy you. So what the hell do you do? For me, I'm basically uh, hedging that with just a short position in the general market, right? But it's expensive to do, but it's something that anybody can do. By simply shorting an equivalent amount of like in you know SPY or QQQ, whichever one better represents 
the stocks that you're in and you could yeah. go into more of a narrow ETF, right? Jordan, you, you've done that in the past where if you're all in retail, you can short a retail ETF, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so you can, yeah, you can do sector shorts, right? So XRT for the retail, XLE for energy. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's one for every sector. I was short so XLE. Um, but if someone's watching right now and saying, why don't you just short Amazon while you're long Amazon, you need to understand there's something like called, there's a tax provision called like a circular position that the yeah, brokerage they, house. You can't do that directly. You do that. Puts. You just can't, in the same account, you can't short. Yeah, you can't short the stock and be long the stock, but you can buy puts on Amazon or Tesla yeah. or those those volatile stocks that you want to be long in long term, but you want some protection short term. So what, yeah. what I do, I'm okay buying puts. And I did buy puts on Amazon during this past earnings, but I don't like owning puts these days for more than a few days. Yeah, because the, the premiums are still really expensive on options, guys. So it, that can get really expensive, even more expensive than the borrowing cost of shorting an equivalent amount of an exchange traded fund or an index. So it's just these are hedging tactics that I want everyone watching the show just to be aware of. We're not financial advisors, by the way. We're just sharing what we're doing. So guys, please do your own research and make your own decisions yeah. for your own portfolio and speak to a financial advisor if you need to. Speaking um, of uh, hedging and uh, potential uh, market news, uh, Richard notes that Apple could crash the market even more tonight as they have their earnings coming out. They okay. Do. I'm. I don't know. I I just man I'm, I'm worried it's stock right now but I do you think they're doing poorly I doubt it I'm worried I'll tell you why I'm worried I'm worried, I'm worried for two reasons one I looked at my sim the similar web traffic it's not terrible but it's showing just enough deterioration the last few months to make me a little bit worried about Apple I'm also worried that the news leak that they're going to announce a new pretty significant buyback and dividend program. And I'm worried that the reason they're doing that is to try to kind of compensate for what could be a down quarter. We've seen that in the past. I'm actually considering buying some puts on my Apple position for the next, just for earnings to protect that. Because I am worried about Apple. Also, let me just say something that made me physically sick last night. I was up to like 2.30 in the morning, like I am almost every night, researching stocks and just pulling data every single night now. Um, and I basically what I've been doing this week is I will go through every single company that has earnings that uh, like two days from now, and I will pull data on almost every company yeah. that I think where data is important. And I pull lots of different data, right? I pull web traffic, I pull G-trends, I look at just lots of stuff. So I pulled data on Shopify. There were a thousand earnings reports today. I pulled data on Shopify last night because I had missed it two days ago. Oh my, guys, the data was so extraordinary on Shopify. It was my like 12% today or something. No, Jordan, my heart stopped. I literally said, front. oh my gosh. I said, how did I miss this? I am going to kill it tomorrow on Shopify. I am going in so heavy on Shopify. I was literally going to call you guys at 2.30 in the morning and wake you up to tell you about this trade. And then I saw, I went back to the earnings calendar and I saw that earnings were before market. It is insane that in 2023, you can look at data 
and so easily see that a company is going to destroy earnings, and yet the market as a whole didn't see it. And it's exactly what happened. Like, guys, I don't think people realize how easy it is to do this stuff. You just have to look at everything. It takes a lot of time yeah. to sift through massive amounts of data, like web traffic and G trends. But when you find a move like I saw on Shopify, I was like 95% confident they were going to crush this morning. And they did. Dude, I would have made a million dollars today. If I would have just done that two days ago, I, I'm telling you, I would have made a million bucks this morning on Shopify. Yeah. I'm so look pissed off right now. That but is... I, I'm mad that you didn't call me yesterday about this one. Not no. at two in the morning. No, I did because I ch I checked I checked these companies two days ago, but there were so many I must have missed Shopify in the list because I'm just scanning the list. Right, last night was a rescan. It was a rescan. I want to take a closer look at the list, make sure I didn't miss anything. And I was like, oh, I don't think I pulled Shopify. And I pulled it. I was like, and then I remembered, I was like, oh my gosh, I think they do morning earnings at Shopify. And I was right. They do morning. I was like, and it was too late. I'm, do you so know what else you missed? You missed the destruction of Chegg. And that is what we're going to be talking about in our next video. So if you're watching right now, just stick around. You should automatically be forwarded to it. If not, go find it. It should be, it should be on the screen here. All right. Yeah. Watch this ep next episode because... If we're able to survive the banking collapse and the debt ceiling, <laughs> the debt ceiling terror, if we survive that, we have a much, much bigger problem on the horizon. And that's what we're going to talk about in this next episode. Guys, this, this is a big, big problem. And we're going to talk about the companies, the sectors that are likely to get potentially destroyed by AI and chat GPT. And we, we didn't quite miss Chag Day because we talked about it, but we didn't pull the trigger on the trade. I'm pissed about that, too. No, but we're not going to miss the next one. And you're going to find out sure. which stocks we're looking at next.